Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, our website, exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, as I said before. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour is a gentleman I've had the pleasure of knowing for a number of years. Eric Altman is his name. And we're going to be talking about cryptids this hour, amongst other things. And Eric is the host of Beyond the Edge Radio at www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. And his personal website is ericaltman.net. And Eric, welcome back home here to the Exxon. How are you, young sir? I'm doing fantastic, and it's great to be back with you tonight, Rob. Looking forward to this. Eric, for all our listeners who may not have had the pleasure of listening to you on our shows before, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm, I've been labeled a cryptozoologist, which is uh, someone that studies animals that are thought to be extinct or uh, not yet proven to exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Bigfoot field researcher, and I have been for going now on 20 years. Um, investigating claims and uh, reported encounters with the hairy biped. Um, I look into all things 14, strange and unusual, whether it be paranormal, UFO claims, anything that's really out of the ordinary, I try to look into and see if there's anything behind it. Now, when it comes to Bigfoot, how come we haven't found the smoking gun when it comes to Bigfoot yet, Eric? What does Bigfoot know that we don't? That's the $64,000 question, Rob. I wish I had an answer for you. Um, I think he's just, the, the as they've probably seen the memes on social media, mm-hmm. he's the master of hide-and-go-seek. <laughs> now, what got you interested in Bigfoot, Eric? My interest in Bigfoot goes back about uh, 36 years now. Um, I was a fan growing up as a, a young child, fan of the horror movies, science fiction oh, movies. Yeah. And uh, those types of films. And in the 1970s, there was a slew of Bigfoot films that were released um, on screen and and on uh, some of the local broadcast channels at the drive-in theaters, those those kind of places. And uh, I happened to catch two of those films, Legend of Boggy Creek and Creature from Black Lake. And they kind of got me inspired to look into the Bigfoot phenomenon. And from there, I spent uh, a good 15 years educating myself 
And in uh, 1997, I actually hit the field with the Bigfoot Field Research Organization and uh, started investigating cases and claims to see if there's any validity to it. And during your research, have you ever come across any evidence that would that would make you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that Bigfoot is real? Um, no, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I've come across some very compelling mm -hmm. um, circumstantial or anecdotal evidence which made me scratch my head and think, Oh, it's quite possible that that's what you know this evidence is related to. But I've never found anything conclusive to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, you know Bigfoot does exist. So, um, some compelling things that have happened in the woods, some interesting things I've heard, um, some possible tracks I've found over the years, but nothing really to to definitively say that Bigfoot is a real living, breathing creature. I think one of the biggest questions people have when it comes to the the existence of Bigfoot. Here we are in a technological age. We have smartphones. We have smart this, smart that. And yet, even with all our modern technology, we cannot get a picture of the elusive Bigfoot. I find that I find that amazing and startling at the same time. Yeah, it really is. And you would think with the drones that are out there, the hundreds, if not thousands, of game cameras are out in, the, yeah. in just small areas. Um, people would catch something. And there have been films and, and YouTube videos and photographs that have been released to the public over the years of blurry things and things that are moving through the woods very quickly that really aren't, aren't definitive. And they just make for good coffee table conversation. Eric, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation. Eric Altman is my special guest. He is the host of Beyond the Edge Radio. His website is www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. And his personal website is ericaltman.net. We'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Eric Altman is our guest of this hour, Exonation, www.ericaltman.net is his website. And, and Eric, after all the years of speculation, all the years of investigation, all the years of conspiracy talk, what has been the latest scoop on the Patterson film? Is it real? Is it a hoax? What's your take on it? Well, it's interesting that you brought that up because this year we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the PG film. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Filmed in 1967, October 20th, Bluff Creek, California. Still to this day, one of the most compelling pieces of video or film footage that's ever been captured of something walking along a sandy creek bed in Northern California. And it's been scrutinized. It's been put through the test by scientists, by television shows, by filmmakers, um, people have claimed they've been in the suit. Uh, you, you're quite familiar with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's Bob been Hieronymus, wasn't it? Wasn't it Bob Hieronymus and Cal Korf yes. who had something to do with that fiasco? Yep. Uh, Bob claimed to be in the suit. Yeah. He claimed he was paid, or was supposed to be paid by uh, Roger and was never paid for it. Um, they've tried to replicate it several times. Uh, Philip Morris claimed came forward and claimed he was the uh, original film or the suit maker. But yet he's never produced a suit that looks exactly what's like yeah, in the exactly. film. The film is mired in controversy, and it probably will for another 50 years. It's never been proven that what's in the film is a legitimate creature, but it's never been disproven what's in the film is someone in a suit or, or you know, or someone that's dressed up. Sure. So it's it's a very controversial piece of footage. Um, but to this day, it's the best thing that we have that shows what possibly could be a Sasquatch. And then you have other charlatans within the industry. Uh, who who put a Sasquatch in a freezer? Yes, Tom Biscardi. <laughs> you know, like what the oh, hell? We are all too familiar with Tom Biscardi and that that fiasco oh, from two thousand eight. So, how is the public, or how is anyone getting into the the crypto field who wants to take a look at the true existence? of a Bigfoot, the history of a Bigfoot. What are they to think when they come across stuff that Biscardi has been involved with that has, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, that has tainted the true working research and investigations of people like yourself and Robert W. Morgan and Lauren Coleman because everybody gets bunched together. Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell people that... that come across that and say, oh, it's nothing but a hoax or it's it's not legit. I tell them to look at the big picture. Um, the hoaxing does take place, and it is, uh, unfortunately, it is predominant 
this day and age with the advancement of technology and suits and and filmmaking and the the access to movie making software but i also tell them to take a overall look at the picture the history that's involved in it this goes back hundreds if not thousands of years look at some of the credible researchers you mentioned a couple of them robert morgan lauren yeah. coleman look at their work study their work um and educate yourself on it before taking one person's uh, opinion or claims as the gospel truth look into the whole big picture of it and then make a decision for yourself and then of course there's dr jeff meldrum who's done a fascinating job that he has yes um on our websites we've been petitioning a number of broadcast agencies because there is a show that's coming out called killing bigfoot mm -hmm. in which these yahoos with guns that scares the hell out of me are going into the bush to kill a bigfoot to prove its existence right what's your take well, this group has been around for a long, long time. Um, they, this, isn't, this isn't just a group that just popped up recently. Um, it's caught the attention of a uh, major television network here in the United States. And it's something different um, when it comes to the world of Bigfoot. Um, they're highlighting something different. And, of course, you and I both know that sensationalism sells. Yeah. And that's what the show is doing. It's selling sensationalism, these guys running around with guns. But they do make a valid point. Um, I don't agree with them that killing a Bigfoot is the way to prove this thing exists, but they do make a valid point that the only way that the science community or the scientific community is going to accept the full existence of this creature is with either a live or dead specimen. And that's the only way that DNA is not proving it. Yeah. Bits and pieces of, of, of circumstantial anecdotal, anecdotal evidence isn't proving it. So the only way that we can really get them to accept it is to present them a live specimen, which I would prefer to do, or in the case of the GCBRO, the Gulf Coast Bigfoot Research Organization, a dead specimen. And there's a lot of controversy involved in the, the kill or no kill. As you mentioned, the, the show's on right now. It's in the episode five or six, I believe. And people are watching it, and it's sensationalism. And, and although I don't agree with their methods, um, it's something that the public is seeing and, and something we have to deal with. But what would happen, God forbid, a Bigfoot is killed, and under scientific investigation, the Bigfoot is found to be a close relative of humans. The people who killed Bigfoot, should they be charged with murder? Uh, they could be brought up on murder charges, depending on the prosecutor or the district attorney mm -hmm. of that area that they decide that it is too human-like or it is a human, yeah. especially if, if somebody was in a suit. God forbid that happened. But um, if Bigfoot was proven that it was closely related to humans, I'm not sure what legislation would do or how they would treat a situation like that. It's, it's a really hard call. I'm not an attorney, so I can't make a, a valid opinion on it. But I can say that, um, in my opinion, I think, you know, if they were found to be human and they were shot on purpose, then, yes, that person should face charges. I, you know, I, I, I don't believe in killing anything, let alone a Bigfoot. You know? mm -hmm. um, I, I just think that in the media today, we have fake news when it comes to the the cable news networks and i think that what we're seeing now is the the thirst the lust for sensationalism on tv that has been created by the opening up of so many channels that programmers are just scurrying to get whatever they want or whatever they can to fill in void spots within their programming and to have people actually sit down and, and watch something that where people go out hunting to kill an unknown species, to me, that's that is so wrong. Because I agree with you. you know, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's in poor taste. Yeah, and it shows that uh, you know we're savages and you know, we're bloodlust and thirsty. You know, yeah. we, that's what we want to do. We want to kill one of these things instead of trying to study it in its habitat and get film and audio and, and physical evidence in the form of casts or droppings. Mm -hmm. You know. We're, we're still trying to do that. A lot of researchers are still trying to go that route, but showing it on TV really kind of emphasizes, you know, the, the dark side of, of Bigfoot research. Yeah. And uh, I don't agree with it, but I'm also not going to condemn them. If that's their choice to do, they, they, I can't stop them from doing it. I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Sure. 
Uh, I, I find I find it in very poor taste, really bad taste. And if anybody would like to uh, sign our petition, it's at www.stopkillingbigfoot.com. Eric Altman is my guest. We're talking about, yeah, how did you guess? We're talking about Bigfoot and other subjects. Um, another thing that's come up recently, Eric, and I, I'd like to get your take on this since you're a Bigfoot expert, is that a lot of people who are reporting UFO sightings are now reporting Bigfoot sightings along with UFO sighting. Yeah, surprisingly, that's, that seems to be the, the current trend. However, that has actually been going on for decades. Really? Uh, here in Pennsylvania in the 1973, 1974 years, uh, there was a lot of sightings uh, documented by UFO Bigfoot researcher Stan Gordon, my, my mentor, Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, they were reporting claims to him of Bigfoot and UFOs being seen at the same time, the same location, or either right before or right after. So this has been going on for a long time. And speaking with Stan on, on numerous occasions, he's he's told me that other Bigfoot researchers have come forward and spoken to him and letting him know that, yes, they've received those reports too, but they're just not comfortable releasing that information um, and I guess it's simply because of it's taboo. Uh, you know, God forbid Bigfoot not be a flesh and blood creature, be something else. And I think a lot of researchers are not going to touch that subject. They're just kind of avoiding it. But it is starting to come forward a little more. More researchers are starting to become a little more comfortable talking about it and expressing it and sharing the reports. So it's coming out into the spotlight finally. You know, it sounds as if there's not only a conspiracy within the UFO community, but there's also a conspiracy cover-up within the Bigfoot community. Oh, there has been for a long time. Um, there are researchers who refuse to um, even address uh, 14 topics or cases of high strangeness when it comes to Bigfoot. Um, there's so many Bigfoot researchers that are single-minded where they think all that Bigfoot is is a flesh-and-blood animal. And I'll be honest with you, Five, ten, fifteen years ago, yes, I was the same train of thought. Mm-hmm. But now I'm more open-minded to any possibility. I think as a researcher, you have to explore all avenues to try to find the truth. So, based on your research, based on the people that you've talked to doing your research, based on the people that you speak to on your radio show, what is your current hypothesis when it comes to Bigfoot? Well, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't have a hypothesis at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to think this was a flesh and blood animal or possibly related to human. Um, Dr. Meldrum has a great um, hypothesis. He talks about it being related to uh, an extinct uh, primate known as Gigantopithecus blackie right. that existed over in uh, Asia. Um, I think it was over 100,000, if not longer, uh, years ago. And uh, we do have relic um, bones of, of that creature, uh, John, a mandible John, I think some teeth. So we know that existed, and that does fit the description of what a lot of people are claiming they're seeing today. Um, so I did think along those lines of uh, thought back then, but the cases of high strangers that continue to come out and talking with witnesses myself who've had their own experiences that they can't explain uh, when it comes to Bigfoot, um, I'm starting to wonder myself. I really don't have an answer as to what it is, and you know that's why I continue to research today to try to find out exactly what we're dealing with. When I've heard of descriptions of Bigfoot, his his height, his you know his size, mm-hmm. his strength, how can something like this evade evade us for all these years? Well, that's a great question, and that's why I try to keep an open mind because mm-hmm. um, something that large, something that noticeable, people are seeing, and it's, it's a massive creature should have by now been either uh, proven, you know, existing or not proven, but people still see it, and we still don't have the physical hard evidence to prove it exists. And after all these years, you would think we'd have something, but we don't. So that really makes you wonder, why don't we have conclusive proof that this thing is real or not? Either it doesn't exist or it does. That's the bottom line. But too many people are seeing something, too many people are having experiences, and you can't just write off those experiences as, fakery or misidentifications or wild imaginations. Exactly. Exactly. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've got uh, another half to do, but I've got to take my news break right now. You know what that's like being in the radio business yourself. (laughs) Exonation. Uh, Eric Altman is our special guest. www.ericaltman, I should say, dot net is his website. www.ericaltman.net. 
And for information on Eric's radio show, www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. And Eric and I will be back after this news break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology from our broadcast center here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You know, after doing this show for 26 years, still no proof of UFOs, still no proof of alien abductions, still no proof of Bigfoot, and the list goes on. But you know what? More and more people every day are believing in what we can't prove. I'll be back. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul-balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. 
Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Eric Altman is our special guest, www.ericaltman.net and beyondtheedgeradio.com. Eric, when you go out into the field to conduct a Bigfoot investigation, how do you go about it? Well, I try to remain as objective as possible and follow um, scientific method and scientific techniques. Um, I like to interview the eyewitness. Of course, we usually get the reports through um, social media, through website um, submissions, emails, or over the phone. And that's great to get some information, but I prefer to inter- interview the witness in person because I can learn a lot about their experience through facial expressions, through body language, through emotion that they display when they, they recount their telling. And time is of the essence when you're investigating a Bigfoot uh, report or claim because that evidence may not be there by the time you get to the location. Uh, it may be erased by weather, terrain, other people, other animals might come through that area and destroy evidence. So it's crucial to get to that spot as quickly as possible. And I often try to um, elicit the location from the witness so he can he or she can take me to that spot, show me exactly where it happened so I can look for that evidence. And again, it's time is of the essence because if I don't get there within a day or two of the sighting, it could be uh, it could be gone. We could lose footprints, we could lose hair. Anything is possible in the outdoors. You're not dealing with a controlled environment, unfortunately. So I I try to get out there and I try to use um, sterile uh, equipment to collect any physical evidence if there's any found. Um, And what I mean by sterile evidence is tweezers for hair, um, acidic, uh, non-acidic, excuse me, non-acidic envelopes to keep the uh, DNA samples clean, dry, and safe. if we do find any droppings, we want to keep them um, contained in a, usually a plastic container and safe away from everything else to keep it from contaminating anything or getting contaminated. And I have contacts that if we do find physical evidence, I can send it off to have it analyzed and looked at and you know, make a determination exactly what it what it is if we are able to find any evidence. So I try to treat everything as scientifically as possible, and I go into cases looking at them um, rather objectively. I don't try to, you know, believe what the witness is telling me right off the bat. And, and a lot of times I don't believe what the witness is telling me. It's either a, a case of misidentification. Um, somebody could be looking for their 15 seconds of fame. Um, people you know, see things that aren't always there. We know that. Um, so I try to remain objective and I try to hear the whole story and look into the area um, to see if there's any evidence. Plus, historically, I look into the area as well. I want to see if there have been other sightings in that area. Uh, maybe there's been stuff recently that's happened. Um, if I'm finding out that there's been historical activity in that area, I'm going to start perusing newspapers and um, local media to see if they've received any news or information so I can you know, add that to the validity of the report to see if it really builds a case. And, and I try to, I try, like I said, I try to handle everything as, as scientifically as I possibly can. Unfortunately, I'm not a trained scientist. I'm an amateur so a lot of what I learn, I learn from the professionals, like you mentioned, Dr. Jeff Meldrum yes. and the folks that have been in this field for decades. I try to follow their lead, their example, and what they do as far as their research is concerned. Um, is there any, any location in the United States that is more active than any other location when it comes to Bigfoot sightings? Surprisingly, no. Um, there are several locations in the United States that are very active and remain very active with the cases and claims and reports that come out of it. Uh, a lot of folks are um, subject to the media, mm-hmm. to movies, to documentary films, television that always put out the Pacific Northwest as being the, the biggest, hottest active area in the country, or if not the world. That's the home of Bigfoot, when in fact, there are places around the country in the Midwest, like the Ohio Valley, southwestern Pennsylvania, um, the Appalachian Trail that runs from Maine down to Georgia, um, 
you've got cases you got places in, in the deep south in the gulf coast states like texas louisiana mm. arkansas uh, even up into oklahoma uh, you've got the southwest like in in um, arizona new mexico there's there's sightings there and of course you do have a lot of sightings that take place in the pacific northwest but it's not concentrated to just one area in the country it's going on all over the country and in some areas are like i said very active and have remained very active over the years in your opinion, are there as many or more or less Bigfoot sightings than there are UFO sightings every year? Oh, there are way more UFO sightings. Hmm. Oh, way more UFO sightings. I think um, UFO sightings top the thousands each year, where Bigfoot reports probably in the hundreds. Um, I don't have an exact figure in front of me, but um, we don't get as many Bigfoot or cryptid cases as UFOs are reported to groups like MUFON. Um, they are they are inundated with reports. In Pennsylvania, I know uh, just a few years ago, they had like three to 400 sightings alone in one year coming out of Pennsylvania. So that's a very high number of reports. Now, do you also investigate UFO reports? Um, I, I get the claims and I get the cases. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really go out and investigate them unless there's physical evidence to be found. My take on that, and maybe it's uh, an ignorant take to have, but my take on it is if someone sees a UFO flying in the sky, the chances are it's going to be there when I go out to look is very slim. True. So I'm not going to go out and look in the sky and hope that I see the UFO they saw two days ago. But I will take their report, I'll take their information, and I'll pass that information on to other researchers who are collecting the data, collecting the information so they can add it to their database. Or if they're having a flap of uh, sightings they're investigating, it can help add to their flap or their, their investigations of what they're looking into. One of the most famous UFO cases in Pennsylvania is, is the Kecksburg case. Yep. And have you done any research into that? And if so, what are your conclusions? I'm familiar with the Kecksburg case uh, simply because, as I mentioned earlier in the program, Stan Gordon is uh, mm -hmm. who I consider my mentor. I followed his work for close to 30 plus years now. And um, I, I am familiar with the case. Um, I still don't know to this day what came down in the small village of Kecksburg. Incidentally, Kecksburg is only about 15 miles from my home here in, in the Pittsburgh area. Oh, wow. So I live pretty close to it. Um, I've attended the Kecksburg Festival and, and lectured there on, on Bigfoot in Pennsylvania. So uh, I am very familiar with it. I still have no um, idea what came down. Uh, I do know a lot of credible eyewitnesses have come forward over the years and told their story and you know, told their encounters, what they they saw when they were there that night when that thing came down in the, the, the woods in the little village of Kecksburg. And I think they're credible. Um, they they've, Stories haven't changed. Um, they provided a lot of good detailed information. And even to this day, here we are almost 50 years after that occurred, uh, 50 plus years, and the government still won't acknowledge what came down. I believe their last um, information they released was it was a meteorite. So it's anybody's guess what happened in Kecksburg. In your opinion, what is the most compelling case that you've looked into either as a researcher or as a citizen? that makes you believe that ufos are real oh wow that that's a great question um i would probably have to say my own experience um that i had um several years ago in central pennsylvania when i was out bigfoot researching at night mm -hmm. as a matter of fact um i was out with four other researchers in a, a location in clearfield county pennsylvania and we observed something in the sky making erratic maneuvers Maneuvers that a plane or a jet or a helicopter simply wouldn't do. Zigzags, loop-de-loops, going up and down very quickly in the sky, elevating, um, moving left to right. It was just amazing to watch this thing. We watched it for almost 40 minutes in the sky. I still have no explanation for it. I still have no idea what it was. But to me, that's the most compelling thing I've ever investigated or even been a part of. It just completely blew my mind as to what we were watching. And uh, I still look back on that day just trying to wonder maybe there's something out there that we just don't know about. It comes to a point where everyone in ufology or anyone who even thinks about UFOs or talks about UFOs, reads about UFOs, they read about the Roswell case of 1947. Your take. I think it really happened. There, there's too much information that's been released um, for it to be a weather balloon. 
the government admitted it happened. They released it in the newspaper, and then quickly the next day they changed their story to it was a weather balloon that was found. They knew they screwed up and shouldn't have released that story, and they, from there they've been trying to cover their tracks. But uh, something that's fascinating about the uh, the Roswell case that a lot of folks don't really take a look at or even comprehend is from that point in 1947 forward, wouldn't you have to say our technology advanced pretty darn quickly? Mm, I'm not a big believer in the the leap of technology based on the Roswell crash, as 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 Corso put in his book. I, I don't buy that. No, no. Well, I, I think it's just kind of ironic and, and kind of strange how quickly our technology did advance um, from that point forward. But who knows? Um, I, I, my could, question could, is, I, my question is, Eric, that. Did it really advance, or were we paying more attention to technology at that time? Well, I think at that time, we weren't really paying much attention to mm -hmm. technology. But as we started moving forward, then yes, we started to pay more attention yeah. to technology as more and more developments and advancements came out. But at that particular time, I don't know. I, I don't see that, that really happening. But... I wasn't there in 1947, so... <laughs> I, I know in Corso's book, he claims that Kevlar, uh, that uh, the the invention of Kevlar came as a direct result of the extraterrestrials that were crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. And I know for a fact that it was a Polish scientist at DuPont that developed Kevlar based on chemistry, had never heard of Roswell, New Mexico, never heard of extraterrestrials. So when you've got a lot of this happening from high-profile figures like uh, Corso, I, I think that a little bit of imagination goes a long way when it comes to certain aspects of what you and I talk about all the time. And that oh. if John Q. Public isn't able to hear the entire story surrounding it, it certainly does feed a great story. Oh, it certainly does, and I'll agree with you on that. Um, if, if false information is put out or incorrect information is put out, people can latch onto it and believe it. And, you know, I encourage everybody to look into things for themselves and make their own determination and make their own judgment. Yeah. Get, get the full story before you make any kind of rush or rash judgment on something. That's what I try to do in my research. I try to learn as much as I can. I believe that the Internet is the largest septic tank that man has ever <laughs> created because there's more crap in it then there is anything else. There is. There really is. You know, if you want to find a three-headed monster sitting on the back of a unicorn while the unicorn is eating uh, a pastrami and rye sandwich, I'm sure if you go into a search engine, somebody will have put it there and you will find it there. And of course, you and I both know that if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. It has to be. Uh -huh. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a shame, even with social media that mm -hmm. came out, in uh, 2007, 2008, with the advent of MySpace and then Facebook, and, and it really took off. Um, there's so many more researchers in all fields. It just, and especially the TV shows, they became popular and it put everybody in the field of paranormal research, UFO research, Bigfoot cryptid research. Everybody now is an expert. Everybody has a group. Everybody claims years and years of Bigfoot research, and they've got videos and photographs yeah. and audio recordings to prove it. And uh, it, it is a quagmire. It really is. Listen, my friend, you and I have to take our final break for this hour, Exxon Nation. Eric Altman is our special guest, a good friend of the Exxon, and uh, congratulations on your radio show. I'm so happy to see it's going as great as it, as it is, Eric. Mm -hmm. And um, if you'd like to listen to Eric on air, it's www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. And if you'd like to find out more about Eric, his website, www.ericaltman.net. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. All right, ExoNation, are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Well, that's what we try to allow you, the listener of the Exxon, to decipher for yourself. I'm not here to force feed you. I'm not here to tell you that Bigfoot is real or Bigfoot is not real. I'm not here to tell you that UFOs are real, UFOs aren't real. I'm not here to tell you that there are buildings on the moon and that Neil Armstrong never went to the moon. That's not my job. My job is to present as many of the facts that we can find here, bring on the experts, and let you, now here's, you're going to be astounded at this, are you sitting down? Let you, the listener, make up your own mind. Isn't that a, uh, a marvelous concept? Eric does the same thing on his radio show, and you can listen to his radio show at www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. And his website is ericaltman.net. Eric, what are some of the uh, strangest uh, things that you have investigated or covered on your show that have kind of made you go, you've got to be kidding? 
Oh, we've covered so many over the years. After 10 years of being on the air, Rob, it's, it's comical to look back at some of the crazy stories and cases <laughs> we've heard over the years. Uh, we had a woman who uh, came on our show, very short-lived interview on the show, and claimed that she was able to talk to angels, and the angels were protecting her. And we asked her to give us an example, and the example was she was sitting in traffic, and a voice in her head told her not to move over to the other lane. And she didn't. She stayed in the lane of traffic she was. And just as that happened, a car sped by very fast. And it almost hit her, but she didn't move. <laughs> and we sat, Sean Forker and I, um, you remember Sean? Oh, I sure do. Great guy. And uh, We sat on the air and, and kind of just paused. There was silence. And we were like, well, thank you for your time tonight. <laughs> because it, we came to the conclusion that what she was telling us was just her own natural intuition. Mm -hmm. It was her, I guess you'd call it her inner um, gut feeling, you know, and it wasn't angels that she was talking to. They weren't giving her special messages or they weren't uh, citing Bible passages. It was just voices she was hearing in her head. And it, maybe it was herself telling her not to do these things. Maybe an intuition, not, oh, maybe I'll just stay in this lane this time. I don't think I'll move over. And the coincidental thing, the car goes flying by, and that's an angel to her. Oh, gosh. And we couldn't, we just, we, we couldn't continue on with the interview. God bless her. I hope she's well. But we get situations like that where you yeah. just kind of shake your head and just, you just have to wonder. Or as Craig says, the wheel's going round and round and round, but the hamster's been dead for three days. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's a good analogy. We had the wackiest one that I can remember was this lady came to the studios with her psychic goat. <laughs> oh my. And what she did was she put a red bowl down on the floor and a green bowl down on the floor. And she would ask the goat questions. And if the goat went to the red, it was no. And if the goat went to green... It was, yes. So she's doing this, and I'm figuring, oh, boy. So she said, would you like to ask the goat a question? I said, yeah, I would. She said, well, what is your question for the goat? I said, Mr. Goat, the lady who brought you here, is she nuts? <laughs> and the goat went right to the green bowl, started eating, and she left in a huff. And I said, do you want to take your goat with you? And she said, no, you can have it. And she left. <laughs> oh, maybe the goat was psychic. <laughs> oh. You know, or, or then, then I had the guy in someplace in Saskatchewan who said that his, his farm was being buzzed by UFOs, but he developed a UFO repulsion system. And I asked him how he did that. He said, well, I went down to Canadian Tire and I got myself some wire and I got myself some batteries and I got myself some red lights, hooked them all together. And ever since then, I've never seen a UFO over my house. And then you've got the guy who sold <laughs> patented tinfoil hats so the aliens couldn't, you know, read your mind. Suck his brain out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there, there are people out there that believe that and strongly believe yeah. that. And they have their own opinions and their own thoughts. And God bless them for having those, those opinions. You know, I I have a hard time um, accepting things that I can't research, I can't see, I can't touch, I can't feel. Um, even with the Bigfoot phenomenon that I research, there are times when I'm very skeptical of it. But, you know, I, I, I research everything. I don't just take things for face value. And that's my suggestion to other people that are researching is to be objective and don't take things at face value. Do your own research, dig into the subject, yep. learn as much as you possibly can before making a, a determination or a, a judgment on something. Have you ever heard of Bigfoot attacking anyone? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. Um, the stories are very rare and, and few and far between, but they do occur and they have occurred. There's several historical cases that have been uh, documented and recorded and reported on over the years. One of the most famous cases that I'm sure you're aware of is the Bauman case, which was written in the Wilderness Trapper book by uh, our, one of our former presidents, Teddy Roosevelt. And he talked about a creature, a bipedal hair-covered creature, a wild man, as they called him back in the 1850s, that attacked Bauman and his trapping partner and supposedly killed his trapping partner. Um, so there, there are cases like that out there. Um, there are some recent things where 
creatures have come up and put their hands on vehicles, trying to get into the vehicles or trying to get into the houses where they've been very aggressive. Um, so the, the cases are documented. I don't know of anything other than a couple of historical cases where Bigfoot has reportedly killed anyone. But uh, I'm sure other researchers out there have those cases or have documented stuff like that. I'm just not familiar with those kinds of cases. Based on your experience as a cryptozoologist as well as a researcher, if anyone listening tonight is contemplating becoming a researcher and going out into the woods to look for Bigfoot, what advice do you have for them, Eric? Educate yourself before you do. Read as much as you can on the subjects. But don't read just on 14 subjects. Read about nature. Read about wildlife. Um, spend time in the outdoors learning about wildlife and put yourself in those situations. Learn about animals. Learn about uh, fauna. Learn about the environment. Um, learn everything you possibly can before you go out in the woods and start researching. That way you're not misidentifying mm -hmm. things. You're not seeing something in the ground that really isn't a footprint. You're not hearing a fox crying and thinking it's a Bigfoot. You're not hearing a tree branch break because there's snow on it thinking a Bigfoot did it. Educate yourself so you can rule out a lot of assumptions and unnecessary uh, guessing. Words to the wise. Uh, what's next for you, Eric Altman? You're, you're a researcher. You're, you're, you're now uh, heralded as a cryptozoologist. You're a popular talk show host. What's next? Uh, just I continue to do my research. I continue to field reports. Um, we have a new organization in Pennsylvania that uh, we've just started last year called the Pennsylvania Cryptozoology Society. Mm -hmm. We're fielding cases of not just Bigfoot claims and, and reports, but all cryptids that are being cited and encountered and the claims behind them. Um, I'm working on a couple documentary films, uh, working with a group called Small Town Monsters, and we're working to uh, start filming and doing the production of a film called uh, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, which will talk about the Kecksburg case and all the cases of Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings and high strangeness in Pennsylvania. Um, doing that, I've, I've got an event coming up in a, a less, about a month and a half from now in May, a charity fundraising event, a Bigfoot event outside that I'm working on and, and uh, hosting and organizing. So I've got a lot on my plate. I always keep myself busy and, you know, I just keep moving forward and, and uh, trying to find the truth to all life's great mysteries. And how is Sean Forker doing? Sean is doing great. Uh, he's actually hosting his own show now called Arcane Radio. Mm -hmm. um, he's still investigating Bigfoot cases in Pennsylvania. He and I keep in touch. We talk quite frequently. And uh, he's still keeping himself very busy as well. Excellent. The next time you're speaking to him, please say I said to say hi and have him give me a call. I will do that. I'm sure he'd love to hear from I you. I miss talking to you guys because we used to talk a lot and then you got busy, Sean got busy. And, you know, the best of friends fall apart when, when the workload becomes too heavy. What are your yeah. final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, as I mentioned earlier, and I, I, I've really tried to stress this, especially in my research these days, is don't jump, don't jump to conclusions, don't make assumptions. Um, learn for yourself, educate yourself, find out the big picture, everything that's involved with it, not just one aspect of whatever field you're looking into or researching. Mm -hmm. Educate yourself, learn about it before making rash decisions and, and judging things before you know the full story. You'll find out, you'll learn a whole lot more, and you may change your opinion on some things that you had before. So the best weapon in our, our research and going out there investigating is education. Learn as much as you can and uh, keep pushing forward. You'll find the truth one day. What is your number one tip? If people go into the woods and just by chance they come across Bigfoot, what should they do? Um, <laughs> well, it depends on the situation. If he's angry and coming at you, I'd tell him to run the other way. <laughs> um, take, take a camera with you. It never hurts to have a camera and document everything you see, the conditions, the environment, the situation, write it all down. Um, take pictures, take video, as much information as you can. Collect everything, even if it doesn't relate, collect it because it may end up relating in the end. Eric, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Continued success in everything you do, my friend. And, what, you know, don't be a stranger. Drop by and say hi sometimes. Well, I appreciate that, Robin. It's been great talking to you. Yes, we go, we go years back. Yes, we do. Years and years, maybe 10, 15 years. Of At least. 
at least. Yeah, so it's been great to talk with you again tonight, my friend. I really appreciate you having me back on and uh, look forward to our next adventure. You've got to take care of yourself, my friend. And ExoNation, if you'd like to find out more about Eric Altman, his website is www.ericaltman.net. And to listen to Eric on Beyond the Edge Radio, www.beyondtheedgeradio.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 